It's Tuesday, March 7th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians are off today, their first off day since the start of Cactus League play. Uh, well-earned rest for uh, the guys in, in Major League camp uh, after a 6-0 loss on Monday to the Angels in Tempe. Uh, Aaron Savali gave up uh, a home run on the first pitch that he threw in the second inning uh, to Hunter Renfro. But other than that, retired uh, every other batter that he faced. Um, so not a bad outing for him. Uh, and then Emmanuel Class A came in and uh, really looked like he was in midseason form. Uh, one, two, three inning in the third and uh, only threw 12 pitches. Uh, Class A said he's working on his slider. He's, he's working on pitching a, a little bit elevated in the zone. Uh, they, they found something there that may be uh, a new wrinkle for him this year uh, if it's going to be Emmanuel Class A uh, trying to strike guys out up in the strike zone. Yeah, you know, Joe, I mean, uh, it's hard to uh, get much better than he was last year. You know, best reliever in the American League, the uh, Mariano Rivera winner, uh, all-star, uh, just uh, 42 saves. But, hey, if you can – Every, you know, every year's different and uh, you've got to keep ahead of the curve. So hopefully uh, he does that with a slider. You see what I did there? Yeah. Well, uh, okay. Hoinsey playing word games. Uh, Yeah. I, I I think, uh, you know, this is what we're 10, 10, 11, 12 days into uh, Cactus League play and um, they're, they're just rolling him out now. I understand that they want to protect him. They want to you know, sort of take him slowly. And, and the fact that he came out of the gate and was sharp and everything that we said about him yesterday, you know, efficient, 12 pitches. Uh, they've got him set for, what, nine appearances total before the start of the season. Nine appearances ought to be enough to get him where he needs to go. Uh, I just found it interesting that um, this this wrinkle is that they, they they've sort of learned this in his bullpens and in his, uh, his live batting practice sessions that the uh, – the, the elevated fastball, you know, that he's able to, if he's able to throw that uh, effectively and in the zone that um, he can get guys out and maybe get some chasing and, and uh, maybe a few more strikeouts. I think that's the one thing that he was sort of looking uh, to, to add was a, a little bit more, uh, become a little bit more of a strikeout pitcher last year, because, because really, if you look at him, his effectiveness was based on uh, his ability to get guys to get weak contact and and put the ball in play and, and let his defense play behind him. Yeah, I mean, he didn't really give guys a chance to strike out that much, Joe. I mean, the year before, I think he had more strikeouts or pretty close to the same. But, you know, he's so efficient and he, you know, gets contact early that, you know, he doesn't have to strike anybody out. So uh, this is a new weapon, you know, kind of. You know, kind of that high fastball when 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 he throws it at what ninety nine to one hundred miles an hour, you know that's going to discourage guys that are trying to you know use the launch angle against it. Yeah, when you've got uh, a guy who throws the highest percentage of one hundred mile an hour or better uh, pitches uh, in his arsenal uh, in the American League, I think uh, you know finding different ways to make those pitches effective. Uh, is is what Carl Willis and uh, you know Rigo Beltran and the the guys in the uh, in the bullpen are are, are going to be doing this year uh, should be interesting. Um, as far as the other guys that pitched in the game, uh, Tim Heron came in. Uh, he gave up a, a run on back to back triples 
Uh, but you know, he's another guy who with Sam Hentges on the, on the sidelines right now, uh, this is, there's an opportunity here for, for Tim Heron to, to sort of step in to maybe win a role, uh, coming out of camp. Yeah. You know, he's an interesting guy, six, five lefty, 101 strikeouts, about 60, 60, 70 innings last year in the minors. And like you said, Joe, uh, he's getting a, a chance. I think he's pitched three or four times already this spring. So he's getting a chance uh, to, uh, you know, kind of show his stuff with the Henkis out. And I guess Henkis was examined by uh, Dr. Schickendance yesterday. I don't know how that came out, but that's something, you know, we will find out down the road later this week. So, you know, but it still looks like a week to week thing. So, you know, Heron is going to keep, I, I would imagine they keep running Heron out there and, you know, give him a shot. He's He's got a, he's got a chance here, Joe, I think. Yeah, uh, definitely. And uh, we also saw uh, Xavier Curry. Uh, he went out there. He actually pitched, what, uh, multiple innings. Uh, got roughed up a little bit, but didn't get any help from his defense. Uh, the Guardians had an opportunity to turn a double play and maybe minimize uh, some damage. Uh, but uh, Gabriel Arias uh, misplayed a, a ground ball to third that, um, you know, he wasn't able to tag a runner and then threw wildly to second base. Uh, the Angels scored two runs on that play. Uh, they wound up getting four or five runs in, in that inning. And uh, and that was pretty much it because Cleveland's offense uh, really didn't show up uh, at all. Uh, only five hits in the game. And all five of those hits were, were by guys who were on the Major League roster uh, at some point last year. Uh, Tyler Freeman, uh, Josh Naylor, Miles Straw, Oscar Gonzalez, all with base hits. And uh, Arias with a double, uh, so it, you know maybe it was uh, coming to the end of a a long stretch, a couple of days there after playing every day in a row, uh, finally getting a day off, and and they'll be back at it on Wednesday uh, against Team Mexico. Yeah, Joe, they did not look good, particularly good offensively, like you said. Arias, the only extra base hit, they uh, they had two hits in one inning just once. So, uh, yeah, they. Uh, that was that was the first time they've been uh, shut out this this spring, and uh, you know turning our attention to uh, Wednesday, uh, you know Polisak is supposed to pitch against uh, Team Mexico, and and some good news in the bullpen, Joe. Uh, Aniel De Los Santos and Nick Sandlin are scheduled to make their first appearances of the spring, and they both, you know, came to camp. Well, I. I guess De Los Santos had a strained hamstring early in camp, and Sandlin is, was still recovering from that uh, that ladder, you know, terrace major uh, muscle injury in his right shoulder. So they've made progress, and they're both on the card to pitch uh, Wednesday. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's interesting. Is that uh, you know the, some of those guys who are going to need to get in there and pitch uh, are going to do that. Uh, they're going to send uh, Shane Bieber as well on, I believe, on Thursday. Uh, Beaver's going to pitch in a minor league game in order to let, you know, more of these guys get opportunities in the in the big league exhibition games. Uh, so, uh, you know, Tito said that he doesn't worry about uh, Beaver. He, he's going out there uh, pitching on a backfield and and sort of just getting his work in. Uh, he, he understands that it's, you know, uh, he said Beaver's mature enough to handle uh, that sort of approach. But, you know, good to be able to get more guys into the rotation and, and see uh, you know, several more arms that way. Yeah, Hunter Gaddis is going to start Thursday against San Diego, you know, at Cleveland, and uh, Bieber is going to go up to Peoria and uh, pitch a B game up there. 
you know, Zanino's going uh, with him. So they'll, you know, they'll spend more time together, working together. And you're right, Joe. I mean, uh, you know, be, you know, this is, uh, Cleveland has done this in the past when they, when they've had, you know, multiple pitchers in camp that they want to get a look at early in spring training. They know what Bieber's going to do. You know, Bieber's, Bieber's scheduled to be the opening day starter. So all he has to do is get his innings in and get his arm built up. Uh, but, you know, they've got to make some decisions here on, you know, guys like Gaddis and and uh, Logan Allen and uh, Xavier Curry, all these, you know, kind of starters that are in in camp. They, got, they want to get them stretched out, not only for their own benefit, but uh, for, you know, AAA and AA, wherever they're going to pitch in the minors, they got to get ready. Yeah, you want to have uh, all of those those third, fourth, fifth starters, uh, you know, ready for for wherever they're going to be in uh, in the the farm system. And, and uh, you know, if they're slotted to go to Akron or if they're slotted to go to uh, Columbus, then, you know, they need to be able to, to last, you know, several innings when the uh, the, the season starts. Um, as far as we, we haven't heard anything, I, I think you said Logan Allen uh, pitched the other day and he, he you know, did pretty well. Uh, are, who are the guys right now um, with with Cody Morris still not having pitched in a, or not being ready to pitch? Um, who are the guys right now who, who might be, you know, those those first calls for, you know, when they need a, a, a spot start or a, a, a guy to start the second game of a doubleheader? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, Joey Cantillo is in camp. We haven't seen him much. Uh, you know, Xavier Curry, of course. Hunter Gaddis has had a good spring. Uh, let's see. Um, you know, Connor Pilkington, you know, was a mainstay last year. He was one of those. He was a guy that, you know, pitched the second game of doubleheaders or the first game of doubleheaders. Uh, you know, Logan Allen, of course, the lefty that, you know, has has made two appearances. Peyton Battenfield. Who had a good year at AAA, and uh, I think that's you know maybe you know I don't know if uh, Tuki Tassant what how they're looking at him as starter reliever slash uh, Cade Smith is is uh, another kind of guy maybe that fits in that mold. But uh, yeah, those are those are the guys that I think you know would be a phone call away, Joe. Yeah, so so not really anybody who right now is jumping off the page or is sort of. Uh, you know, knocking down the door, but, you know, at least there are multiple options in, in that regard. And, uh, you know, we're, we're still fairly early in camp, uh, you know, a couple more weeks and, and we will have a, a much better idea. Um, and, you know, it, we're not going to start, in, you know, naming names in terms of who we think is going to be on the roster other than the, the, the guys who are pretty much locks for it. Uh, it, it's, it's good that we're seeing Sandlin. It's good that we're seeing De Los Santos because those are guys that, you know, they, they pitched a lot last year and they they're going to be relied upon at some point, uh, particularly early in the season, uh, as long as they're healthy. Uh, so we mentioned uh, Team Mexico coming in. Uh, that's the start of the World Baseball Classic is, uh, you know, it's actually supposed to get underway. What tomorrow out in uh, in, in Taiwan or to, I never know if it's what uh, tomorrow is today or, or whatever with the. Uh, <laughs> With the the games out in the uh, the Pacific Theater, so uh, we'll we'll find out when those games are on online. We'll make sure we get a schedule up uh, on the website and and uh, share that with you. But um, you know, uh, you've got Richie Palacios out there for the uh, the Netherlands. He should be getting some playing time uh, in in those games. 
Um, just in general, the the World Baseball Classic. How much are you looking forward to getting this thing underway and, and seeing, you know, what these games are going to be like? Yeah, Joe. I, you know, I'm excited to to a certain degree. I, you know, I, I'm always, you know, I always, you're always worried that what is it going to look like when these guys come back? Are they going to come back in one piece? And uh, you know, so I think that's a concern of of a big league, you know, of every front office in the big leagues. But uh, you know. You know, but still, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. You know, that uh, the Miami pool with the Dominican and Venezuela and Puerto Rico in there, you know, all together. Uh, geez, I'd, I'd love to be there. I mean, the, just the energy in the ball in that stadium when the, when those countries play, you know, it's like a, a big winter ball festival. And, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing the best players in the world and they're all together. So, that's fun. That's that's exciting. And, uh, you know, the uh, the pool in uh, in Phoenix with uh, Mexico, USA, Canada, uh, Colombia, you know, USA is, uh, you know, they, they put together really a, a solid team and uh, we'll just see how it goes, you know, but it, it's exciting. But you always in the back of your mind, you have to have your if you're a front office guy, you got to have your fingers crossed that. The guys you send come back the same. You know, they come back in one piece. What uh, what chances do you give uh, the American team, the U.S. team, uh, in this tournament, uh, knowing that you know it'll probably be you know some combination of uh, you know you know Japan uh, advancing uh, from pool play, um, Dominican advancing from pool play. Uh, you could see a, a team like a Venezuela or or Columbia or, or, you know, one of those teams, uh, it depends on who gets the, the hot pitching or, or, you know, whatever, but, uh, is it, obviously you've got Mike Trout on your, your USA roster. You've got some guys, uh, who are, are playing, who are, uh, you know, committed to play who in the past haven't necessarily done so. And, and it's made a difference. Uh, they're the, they're the defending champs, but I, I think, uh, they would be considered probably like maybe the third or fourth best team in this tournament. Yeah, uh, you know, with uh, Japan, to me, it seems to be, uh, you know, maybe the best team in the tournament, Joe. Uh, you know, Otani, what, hit two home runs in in an, in an exhibition game the other day? One from his knee. Uh, he went down, his swung, swing took him to his knee, a la, you know, Lonnie Chisenhall, and he still hit it out. So, you know, that's, uh, that's they've got a lot of talent. They, they, they prime for this. They train for this. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Japan to me is is the favorite along with the Dominican. But, you know, Team USA, I think, is they've really put together a better program, a better club. They've got their, you know, best players, some of their best players committed to it. So I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be a close tournament. But if I had to bet on it, I'd bet Japan. So, right. Uh, so what I'm hearing is uh, you're picking Shohei Otani as the World <laughs> Baseball Classic uh most valuable player without having uh, seen a, a pitch in the uh, in the entire tournament. Is Otani going to pitch? Was that uh, something that that he's not doing? Or I I, I I just wonder if they get into a championship game situation and you know they've they've got a they need three outs uh, for a for a title and you you've got Shohei Otani sitting right there. Uh, I, I wonder if if there's any temptation or if the uh, the Angels would allow them to to go to Otani to close out a a championship game or, or something like that. Uh, that would be you know drama and theater and something we would want to see. Yeah, you know, well, Joe, if he's what they're they're in Taiwan. Where are they in Taiwan? Right, they're I in think Taiwan. Yeah, 
Yeah, so, I mean, he's got to pitch, right? He's got to stay on some kind of schedule. So I would think, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if they've, if, do you know, have they stopped, have they ordered him not to pitch? I, I don't know. I, but I would Man. think he's, he's going to have to throw somehow, at least on the side, to stay ready for the regular season. I would be I would be very nervous about that if I were, uh, you know, the Angels of, about him pitching in, in something that's not a major league game. But, you know, who knows? Uh, they, they might have it already worked out and it might be something that's uh, he's he agreed to in his contract extension. So, uh, you know, who knows what the uh, what the parameters are there? We'll, we'll find out soon. Uh, all right. World Baseball Classic, uh, you know, coming soon. Can't wait to get that underway. Um, what? What are the next steps, I guess, beyond this um, this next week for the Guardians in terms of uh, what the the sort of natural cycle of going through spring training? I mean, they're, there's they're going to run into the the situation where the the regular daily players are going to start playing more. They're going to start playing deeper into games. Uh, when do we come to that sort of portion of spring training? And, uh, you know, what do we have to look forward to with that? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, eventually you're going to have to start trimming the roster, Joe. Um, so I think that's what you're referring to. Uh, I would think, you know, there'll be they'll start being some, uh, you know, p- people will be uh, players will get start getting sent down to the minors sometime next week. You know, they when, uh, you know, they come back uh, Wednesday, they got they have Mexico, then San Diego on Thursday, Milwaukee on Friday, then Oakland and K- KC over the weekend. And uh, then I would think, you know, you'd start cutting down the roster and, uh, you know, they've got a they've got a a split squad game on the 18th against Arizona and Seattle. But, you know, eventually, like you said, they're going to have to start getting their regulars more reps. You know, it's and I don't think it's as big a rush as it as it has been in the past because, you know, it's an early they started camp earlier because of the WBC. So, you know, they, you know, these guys have been in camp for a while now since what, February 14th, probably most of them. So, you know, they've been in camp for a while. They, they, they're, they're getting in condition, but, uh, you know, I would think eventually by mid next week, we're going to have some roster reductions. Yeah, that'd be, be interesting to see. And, and, and you'll be able to tell, you know, probably right away what they're thinking about certain guys in terms of, you know, where they're, um, you know, where they're headed this, this season and, and where they'll start the season and, and maybe where they'll progress to uh, during the regular season. Uh, so we talked to, we got Tito's um, pregame yesterday and, and he talked about, um, he was asked about Joe Smith, who's been in camp uh, this week, uh, shadowing Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff and, and some of the coaches on the field. Uh, they said Joe Smith is sort of um, figuring things out and, and trying to, see where he fits if he wants uh, a, a career in baseball uh, beyond his playing days and, and you know, where he would fit if he would be, uh, you know, an on-field kind of coach or, you know, if, if a front office job would be something he would pursue. Uh, where do you see maybe a, a guy like a Joe Smith uh, fitting in and, and would it be with the Guardians? Would would there be an, uh, an opportunity here in Cleveland for a guy like Joe Smith? Yeah, I think there would, Joe. I mean, uh, I think, uh, you know, they have that, you know, the special assistance, the baseball operations, you know, you can always uh, get a give a guy that kind of title and he can work with the baseball operations. He can he can scout a little bit, you know, prepare for the draft, you know, just, uh, you know, he can he can go in and, uh, you know, 
kind of go to the minor league system and check the pitchers out if that's what he's he's done. You know, they've done this a lot. You know, they did it with Tito uh, back in the night. Mark Shapiro did when he brought him in uh, to uh, be a special assistant. They did it with Buddy Black. Uh, you know, Tom Candiotti they did it with. So, you know, a lot of teams do this. <clears throat> some guys like it, you know, and some guys, you know, kind of move on to a different, um, you know, get on with their life. But some guys <clears throat> find, uh, you know, something that, that clicks with them and, uh, that, you know, they want to stay in the game. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Bob DiBiazio was talking, uh, and I heard him one time say, and when he started with the organization, the front office had something like, you know, maybe uh, nine to like 20 guys in the, in, in the front office. It was a very small front office. And nowadays, every club has, you know, like 150 to 200 people in their front office. It's, 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 a, uh, it's just grown exponentially over the last 30 to 40 years, the, the number of executives and, uh, you know, front office employees. So there, there's there's got to be a a place somewhere in baseball if that's what Joe Smith wants a hell of a guy and and I'm, I I know Tito thinks very highly of him so it'll be interesting to see where he lands eventually. Uh, also uh, noted that Brad Mills was uh, coming to camp uh, at some point this week. Uh, obviously Brad Mills, longtime uh, buddy of Tito's, a teammate, and been everywhere with him. Uh, he stepped away from the club, uh, you know, in in twenty. Uh, uh, I believe 2021, um, and uh, it'll just be good to, to for those guys all to to see Brad Mills again. They said they were going to bring back some of Millsy's uh, favorite drills on the backfields to do on uh, on Wednesday. So uh, looking forward to uh, hearing about that and seeing if they they pull any uh, shenanigans with uh, with uh, Brad Mills as they uh, uh, you know welcome him back to Goodyear. Yeah, that'll be fun, Joe. Uh, you know, Mills was a bench coach, what, Tito's bench coach in Boston, bench coach in Cleveland. Um, you know, the, like you said, they were teammates at the University of Arizona, had teammates in Montreal when they were both played for the the Expos. Uh, so there's a long relationship there. And, uh, you know, Millsy, when he was uh, the bench coach here, he ran uh, spring training. He set everything up. He organized the camp. So, and into just from listening to Tito, it sounded like he's going to kind of get you know put jump back in and get yeah. both feet wet. And uh, I don't know if he was, you know, if he was going to be here ten days or two weeks. And yeah, I, I didn't. I don't know if he was coming back to work or he was just visiting. But it sounds like uh, you know, um, Milsey can't wait to get back. Yeah, I, I think maybe it starts off as a visit and it says, well, let's just put him to work and see what happens. And, uh, yeah, and, and that's right. all it goes. So uh, we'll look forward to hearing more about that uh, this week. All right, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Twinsy, we'll be back with you on Wednesday uh, to talk more about uh, the Guardians versus Team Mexico. Uh, we'll check in with you then. All right, Joe.